now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. All right, good evening, everybody. Glad you're here for this edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Let's enjoy Mandisa. I want to turn that up in my headset so I can hear it. Thank you. All right, I'm going to go ahead and log into Periscope. We literally drove about 400 miles. We literally walked in the door five minutes ago. So that's why we're a little bit late, people. It's okay. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 I still feel like I'm driving in the car. That is who you are. Yeah, it is. That is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who He is. That's who He is. Yeah, that is. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. You are here. Waymaker. 
Mandisa, she has a very high soprano voice. Mm -hmm. And when you get old like me and bareface, well, your voice tends to go lower. And considering she's considerably younger than me, <laughs> just have to say that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, hello, people. Glad you're here. Uh, I am really grateful that you're here. Randall and I have had a, a zip broad day here. <sighs> we went someplace, stayed a few hours, took us a few hours to get there. Stayed a few hours, took us another couple hours, get back. But here we are, people. In the car, I prepared the show. True story. Thank God for T-Mobile Wireless that gives you your hot spot that you can connect to your car in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, right, Bareface? That wasn't that great. So anyway, right. um, my text messages didn't go out because all of a sudden they want me to pay. Apparently, my credit card expired, and they didn't tell me this three hours ago, so nobody got my text messages either. Whatever. We'll deal with that later. Okay, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the headlines. Um, and you know what? Not doing a daily show kind of hinders me from being able to, um, you know, keep up on all the news. And there's a lot of news. Uh I mean, we were in the car two and two and a half hours on the way back as was on the way on the way to where we went as well. It's five hours in the car today and for almost two hours, well, I'd say about 90 minutes. I actually researched the the um, the news stories for tonight and um, there's a lot of things. So we'll probably go a little over tonight because uh, I want to be able to get to all of the stories that I pulled. First of all. Earlier this week, the National Religious Broadcasters, I believe it was this week, um, it might have been last week, but I think it was this week, uh, the National Religious Broadcasters did a prayer event uh, on their Facebook page. And I think this is significant because the National Religious Broadcasters is the largest uh, network of religious broadcasters in the world. Uh, when NRB has their international convention every year, there are literally thousands of people that come to it. Sometimes those, a lot of people come internationally for it. So when you have a whole group of religious broadcasters, no, it's not Christian, but it used to be that they, they had primarily biblically solid Christian broadcasters in the, in the national religious broadcasters. In recent years, they've they've kind of unfortunately gone a little more unbiblical with some of the people that they let in. But that aside, the the old guard, as I'm going to call them, uh, which would be Janet Parcel's age in the 70s and higher. Um, you know, these are people like Charles Stanley, Kay Arthur, who's 86 or 87, something like that. Um, Ravi Zacharias at one point was in there. And anyway, so a whole bunch of them prayed this week. I want you to hear what Kay Arthur had to say. And we'll get that up for you in a little bit. The other thing we're going to talk about a little bit is the passing of Ravi Zacharias. Now, I don't know about you, but Ravi Zacharias, his memorial service was, was yesterday, Friday, uh, May 29th, I believe. And he actually um, 
I believe it was like three hours. And Ravi, to me, was by far my favorite Christian apologist of all time. No offense to my friends Greg Kokel and from Stand to Reason or Frank Turek, who was my very first guest here. But Ravi Zacharias had a, man, had a mind like no other. And this guy could give um, any answer to anybody. And I highly, 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 highly cannot encourage you enough to get every one of his books and read it. Um, my favorite book of Robbie Zacharias, there's two of them actually. One is called um, Has Christianity Failed You? And then the other one is um, The Grand Weaver. And The Grand Weaver actually talks about, and I've listened to both of these on audio numerous times, but The Grand Weaver is 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 awesome because he basically just talks about how all of the things in our life, God just weaves it together, you know, and, and it really gets down to the topic of sovereignty, God's sovereignty. If you believe in God, you know, that he knows everything, it really has a lot to do with his sovereignty. So the Grand Weaver, highly recommend it. Has Christianity Failed You? I love that book. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's a must read. I think everybody should read it as a believer um, because he really addresses the topic of how Christianity is presented and how people fight against the clear truth, but how there's a lot of hurt in the church. And, um, you know, a lot of people will, and recently, and we're not going to cover the story tonight, but recently another Christian artist came out saying that he was right. This, this guy was a pastor's kid. Uh, he was in a Christian band. And anyway, just came out, renounced the Lord, basically, and said, I no longer believe in God. And it's like, to me, that is the tragedy of the lack of, of true apologetics in the church. So Dr. Ravi Zacharias, by far, I think, of the 21st century, for sure, um, one of the greatest apologists of our day. He was laid to rest yesterday. His memorial service is on YouTube. We're not going to sh- we're not going to show you any of it, but there were people like Tim Tebow and Vice President Mike Pence uh, who spoke at it, and many others. It was a three-hour service, and you know it was worthy of Ravi because he was a man who did not waver in his faith. He had a very powerful testimony when he received Jesus at 17 years old after he committed he attempted suicide. the The man was gifted with an intellect far above, I even, I think, C.S. Lewis and others. Uh, And what I can say is that, again, if you have not ever read any of his books, I cannot highly, I cannot recommend them more highly. And a number of years ago, it's probably well over a decade ago, I had the opportunity, the blessing to interview his daughter, uh, Sarah, uh, because she had a, she had a book um, at the time. And so it was very cool for me to be able to interview his daughter. Another thing we're going to look at is tomorrow, it's actually Pentecost Sunday, and Pastor Jack Hibbs and others are leading the charge, especially out there in in the state of California, uh, to ba- to go back to go back to church to to hold their church services, despite the fact that the government 
in California has basically said, "Eh -eh, no way, we can't do this. I'm going to read you an article where the Supreme Court has rejected the California church's request to lift limits on in-person services ahead of Pentecost Sunday. And I'm going to tell you what Supreme Court judge cited against the church. And this is going to blow you away when you hear it. Also, I don't know if you're aware, but Disney, good old Disney, family friendly. You remember, uh, you remember when, when you were growing up, there was the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday night. We would all sit in front of the TV at seven o'clock and watch the wonderful world, world of Disney. That family friendly programming has gone down the toilet as Disney's Pixar has now introduced the first gay lead character in a brand new children's film called Out. We're going to tell you a little bit more about that as well. And we're also going to tell you, we're going to tell you about an article titled Contacting, Contact Tracing, which we talked a little bit about last week. Um, your governor's red or blue. They're coming after you, people. Yeah, they are. So we're going to talk about what that means for you. And if we have time, if we go over, there's also a, a very interesting article. I, I don't know the guy that wrote this, so I'm not, maybe I shouldn't even mention it, but I do want to say that before I even begin all of this, um, I wanted to give a shout out to two people um, on the show. Number one, I want to give a shout out to Rick Costa. You know, if you guys don't know, Rick Costa is the guy who's Jesus did it. He has a great website. He um he he has put Bible News Radio on that site a couple of years ago as one of their Periscope broadcasters uh, as part of the his network of people that he respects and does that. Rick and I are very close friends. We talk a lot. Uh, we don't we don't see each other a whole lot on here. But what I can tell you is that I've interviewed him on my show. He's interviewed me on his show. And I love him. I have a, the utmost respect for him. So if you haven't gone over to JesusDidIt.org lately and maybe picked up a t-shirt that says Jesus did it or a sticker or something like that, let me just say, go do it. Go do it. You know, Rick is great. He's pastor. He's got a heart of gold. Um, he's funny as heck. But more, the most important thing about Rick is that he's highly discerning and he knows the word of God. He's a man that I don't have any doubt about as far as his salvation or his teaching. Um, you know, he's a good guy. The other guy I want to shout out is my husband, Bareface, because you know what? Without Bareface, which is not his real name yet, although I am trying to persuade him to change it. Um, Bareface, without Bareface, you wouldn't have this lovely stuff that you see. You wouldn't see the ticker at the bottom of the show. You wouldn't see my name. You wouldn't see all the transitions, all the video and stuff that he puts up. Um, Randall really does, um, he, he makes this show and even though most people think I'm the star, he's really my star. He's my hero. You know, I just spent yeah, five yeah, hours, yeah, five yeah. hours in the car with him and we listened to, and she didn't kill me. I didn't. There's a couple times I wanted to though. Uh, yeah. Hard is to be a passenger, you know, it is. <sighs> I don't know. It depends on, I don't know. It depends on the vehicle and all that. Like in a bus, it's not hard to be a passenger, <laughs> especially sitting way behind, you know, chatting, chatting up with someone next to you, passenger on a train or a plane, usually not a big deal. But yeah, the, the front passenger seat of a car. Yeah. It's when, when you're challenging, when you're, you know, 
doing 80 miles an hour in my vehicle and it's starting to shake and then you're like like that i'm like stop it <laughs> getting yet, away from the clusters of cars I, I have to tell you though randall and i've been married 28 years we've known each other 30 almost within a couple weeks well actually no it probably is about 30 now um and i remember a long time you said to me don't worry, I don't want to die. That's uh, why I'm driving. Well, it's, no, it's just like if... if <laughs> like your goal like isn't I'm to not, kill us. Yeah, like I'm not suicidal, so <laughs> so I'm not trying to kill you. Because I was trying to kill you, I'd die in the process. So, and I'm not suicidal, so if Am we I die, alone, people? Come on, seriously, am I alone in, in you know... I, I know some of you are single, but am I alone in feeling a little... Nervous when I, when I'm the passenger. Of course, it's my own fault. It's my car. I could have driven my car. Yeah, you could have. Let me drive though. But one of the first things I learned in driver training. Yeah. Going back many years. It's been like more than forty years or about anyway. Crazy. Yeah, they had automobiles then. Believe me. Um, (laughs) I'm an eyewitness. Anyway, one of the first things I was taught. I guess it's more than forty because it was. Before we even behind the wheel, it was still it was classroom. You're old we were still doing that. still doing the simulators with the projector <laughs> and anyway, it was. Thank you, l- Natasha. Natasha says I'm not alone. Yeah, it was first one of the first things <laughs> I learned was leave yourself and out. Well, that's one of the things I learned too. I and, never like to drive next to a car. I hate it. And so when things are getting clustered up and it's uh, okay but when you're going like like that and then you turn and i'm like ah and poor grover he's like this in the back this is like distorting just so you know yeah but Um, grover's like yeah when you were going over 80 grover like he stiffened up and he's like like this you know like don't yeah i don't (laughs) don't know what it is you like go to pass people and they like speed up. And then yeah. Like, I, well, and then you got people on your tail. It's like, I'm just trying to get out of the way, people. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of the way. Yeah. And then I hear you. Trying to get out, of, <sighs> get out of the mess and away from the other vehicles. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, yeah. So, anyway. All that to say, if you like what we do, Bareface is the one that, you know. You can blame. You can blame. Although I'm the one with charisma and big hair. Just saying. Anyway, so thank you for watching. Glad you're here. Natasha, cutie, uh, cutie lady. I keep, what's your name, cutie lady? Dang it. I keep forgetting because it's not you're in your thing. Age. Prayer kitty. I don't know who you are, but, um, but anyway, nice to see you. Okay. So, <clears throat> and I don't know if anybody else is anywhere else, but hello everywhere, wherever you all are. Okay. All right. So Randall's got, the um video queued up that I was waiting for. See, this was cleverly disguised as killing time so he could get that done. Because like I said, we literally just got home. Literally, we jumped out of the car, booked up here, even though we were a couple minutes late. But anyway. All right. So this is Kay Arthur. She is my favorite Bible teacher uh, who is a woman. And she was speaking at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Um not not convention. It was an NRB National Religious Broadcasters prayer, prayer event. Zoom. Yeah, prayer Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, you can turn down my headset now. It's way too loud. <laughs> well, you're being kind of... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
So she uh, she spoke at this as, as, well as some other people, but because I love Kay and I love what she had to say, I want you guys to hear what she had to say and pay attention to her because um, I do not personally know or have met anyone who knows God's word better than her, with the exception of maybe Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, in my opinion. But as far as women, she's she's the one, she's highly regarded among women. She is a... Uh, she's somebody that, you know, I highly emulate and I uh, will never be like, <laughs> but anyway, her love for the Lord and her knowledge of the word is, is, uh, far surpasses anybody I know. So, and she's 87, I believe 86, 87. So go ahead, play it. Okay. I will. Okay. We're glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here and I'm so honored and, and I want you to, I want you to know that, uh, it's very humbling to be with these godly, godly men, and I thank God for them and for their, for their walk with the Lord and for their message, and, and I so resonate with what has been said so far. I wanted to tell you that uh, this calamity is of God. The Bible tells us in Amos chapter 3, verse 8, if a calamity has occurred in a city, has not the Lord done it? And as I've been thinking about it and praying about it, I thought, you know, I agree with Tony. It's our fault that we are in the situation that we are in, that our nation is in the situation that we're in. Because the Bible tells us that uh, if we do not fear God, then if we do not know God, there's no fear of God because there's no knowledge of him in the land. And I just stop and I think, what are we doing with our time right now? We have more time. We're uh, sequestered at home and that. And what are we reading and what are we listening to? You know, God gave us a Bible. And that Bible is God's book. It tells us how he created us and how it's going to stand and what's going to happen at the, uh, at the end of time. And it's all there. There are 66 books in the Bible. And I just want to ask you a question. How many of those 66 books do you know? Are you really studying God's word? And if you don't study God's word, then you can see if you'll go later on to Hosea chapter four, Hosea chapter four, and read that, you'll see what happens when there's no knowledge of God in the land. And it's what's happening in our land right now. I called Ron this morning and I said, Ron, my heart is very, very burdened. My heart is burdened because I don't hear much talk about God going to God. I don't hear about repentance and uh, acknowledging our sin. And uh, we, need to, we need to go before God and we need to lay down the situation that, that is in the world versus the situation that is in the word of God. We have to know that God is our deliverer. And so it's him that we come to. He's sovereign. He rules over all. Charles, I think, quoted that uh, verse from Psalm, from the Psalms, that his sovereignty rules over all. He is God, and so you and I have to obey him. The Bible tells us in Psalm 91 where we're to run in the day of trouble. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now listen, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. 
Under his wings, you will seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. So when we're in the day of trouble, we need to run to the Lord and know this, that when we run to him, we're in a position where he wants us to be, and that is a position of calling upon him in the day of trouble. He tells us in Psalm uh, 50 that we are to call on him in the day of trouble, but he also tells us in the Psalms that we are to go to him, and when we go to him, that we must have clean hands, and we must have a clean spirit, a clean uh, clean hands, and a uh, uh, a desire to know him and to to obey him and to submit to him. We need a pure heart, a heart that's fully his. The Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for a man, looking for a woman whose heart is fully his. So I'm going to challenge you today. I believe that God wants us to go to the Lord. I believe that God wants us to repent. I believe that God wants us to agree with him. And then I believe that God wants us to get serious about him. Moter said this in his book, on I, in his commentary on Isaiah, the darkness and distress are real, but they are neither the only reality nor the fundamental reality. In any given situation, we can either sink into despair or we can rise to faith and hope. When we Bow before God, we're sinking into where who he is, not into the despair. And then God will lift us up and we will be able to stand. So this is what I want us to do. I want to go to the word of God and I want to pray with you. I want to talk to you about what God has to say and where our culture is now. Because you see, the foundation of a healthy nation is the family. And we have been destroying the family. When you go to Genesis chapter 1 and you see that God created man, he tells us that God formed man in his image. He said, and he made man in his image, male and female, he made them. And he told them to be fruitful and to multiply. Now, if you look at what our nation's been teaching, and I cannot believe this, and I think, where is the church and why have we not rise? Uh, uh, gotten up and spoken out about what is going on, precious ones, because we're debating this year, we debated gender. God tells us he created a male and female. And when we come along and we say, no, there are this many genders or a hundred genders, as they say in England, then we are going against the word of God. We're saying that God's not true, that God is a liar and that we know better. But what we're doing is we're using it as a covering for sin. If you're going to come to God, the psalmist says you must have clean hands. You must have a pure heart. You must believe his word. If you don't obey his word, you're walking in darkness. You're walking in sin. And it needs to be stopped and it needs to be confessed. And you say, but I didn't know it was sin. Why didn't you know it was sin? You didn't know it was sin because you didn't know what the word of God had to say. So, Father, so God wants you to come to him, and he wants you to find out what he says. You've got to know man is to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word is truth, and it's a light unto our feet, and it's a lamp unto our path, and it dispels the darkness in front of it. And so when you look at that, then he talks about the role of a woman in Genesis. 
and he talks about the role of a man. And he talks about how a man is to love his wife. And he tells us later on in the scriptures that we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. When you look at your family, is that going on? Are you really loving one another? Are you really doing what God tells you to do? Are you fulfilling your role as a man, as a woman? You say, I don't know what it is. It's in the Bible, precious ones. You've heard these godly men. You've heard Charles Stanley. You've heard Tony Evans. And there are many others that are teaching the word of God. But you need to go to the book. You need to open the book. You need to study the book. And as you do, then what's going to happen, you're going to be washed in the water of the word of God. And you're going to be cleansed. And you're going to be know how to refute people that are saying, other things, and you're going to earnestly contend for the faith which was once for all given to the saints. So let's stop and pray for our families right now, and let's pray for, pray for purity, because the Bible tells us very clearly, don't be deceived. Fornicators and adulterers, etc., have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. He says, such were you. I was that, but you were made clean. You were washed by the water of God's word. So let's go to God's word. Father, we come to you now and we beseech you on the part of the families and what's happening in the United States of America. You've sequestered us. You've given us time at home. But what are we listening to? Are we reading your word? Are we sharing your word? Are we taking this as opportunities to get on the Internet and to teach others how to study your word so that they can know what you have to say? And so that, Father, knowing what you have to say, that would produce a fear of you. Because, Father, as we come to know you, then we respect you and we trust you and you causes us to bow our knees. Oh, God, we come and we say against you and you only have we sinned and done these awful deeds in our sight. In your sight, Father, you tell us in Leviticus chapter 18, what is an abomination to you and immorality and homosexuality? And, and incest and all of these sins that we are uh, absorbed in and all the pornography that we are caught and entrapped in. Oh, God, have mercy on us. God, forgive us. Oh, God, teach us so that we might repent and that we might come to you and that we might come under your wings and that we might want to do what you tell us to do and that we might come and ask you, God, set me free. Set me free. Father, you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on that cross. And you took your sin, our sins, all the sins of the whole world, my sins, everyone's sin. And Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to be sin for us. And that means there's separation from you. And on that cross, he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he forsook Jesus so that you would not be forsaken. So Jesus was the Lamb of God, whose blood was shed for your sins and my sins, so that you and I might have forgiveness of sins, and so that we might have that gift of life, so that we might live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Precious one, you need to get your family in the Word of God. You need to get in the Word of God yourself. And there are plenty of tools. We're here, and others are here to help you so that the people who know their God are able to stand firm and able to take action. You and I need to get off our duff, and we need to get up, and we need to stand as men and women of God in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. 
holding forth the word of life. Oh, Father, Father, these are feeble words compared to Tony's and Charles, but Father, they are words that are from your word, and Father, they're real, and they're alive, and they're the way we're supposed to live. Through your precepts, we get understanding, and we hate every false way, and we hate it because it's false, and because it ruins us, and because it destroys us, and because it causes you to bring judgment upon the earth because of our sin. Oh, God, give us ears to hear. Do whatever is necessary to draw us to our knees so that we might humble ourselves before you and that you might lift us up and that you might look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, may our ambition be, whether in this body or out of this body, to please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So <clears throat> that's who I look up to. Just saying. And um, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that you're going to see and one of the things that I have come back to, especially in the last couple of weeks, has been trying to encourage our audience and you you know, people in my daily disciples group to get into God's word every day. You know, this is important, you guys. In fact, I was listening to Robbie Zacharias. There's a, um, uh, there's a message. I forgot what the title of it is, but, but one of the things that, <clears throat> that he was talking about and only the way that he could, uh, he was talking about TV and how TV, how Hollywood has sold us the idea of entertainment like we have this right to sit in front of a tube which is televising it's it's telling you their vision and you're just sitting there getting like this and this and this and this and this is the message that you're getting and it just it's destroying your brain and your ability to think in fact i was listening to um one of the leaders in legal shield she's a um $800,000 ring earner. And then Legal Shield, what that means is you've earned $800,000 in one year selling Legal Shield. Anyway, her and her team, Darcy Hoffman, who's a very de devout believer, and one of the things that she was saying is that if you look at all of the rich people, the super billionaire and the millionaire type rich people, they have one big thing in common, and that is that they don't watch TV. And they actually sit and they meditate and they think and they read books. Um, and they're not allowing somebody else's vision to be, you know, their vision. You know, people are like, well, why aren't you upset about this COVID-19 thing? I'm like, no, because I'm not sitting in front of a TV getting brainwashed and constantly lied to by whatever media it is that's out there. You know, I'm doing my best to, to stay in the word and to sanctify myself in the word. I know my heart, my mind, just so you know. I know where my mind goes <laughs> when I see things and I don't need to see stuff. You know what I'm saying? My mind's bad enough as it is. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't need to see stuff that's that's impure, right? But being in God's word is the most important thing because if you care about your religious freedom and I and and, you know, I'm just going to say this because I keep saying it and I believe it. That's why I'm saying it. I'm not anybody special 
in terms of like, oh, I'm anointed and I have this and I'm a prophet and all this other stuff. No. But I am somebody who has observed the culture. I've written about Christian persecution for close to a decade. Um, you know, I read a lot and, and I can see the bricks have been, they've been laid for religious persecution, in particular Christian persecution in America to come. And if you guys don't think that our religious freedom is in the balance in this country, then I don't know what to tell you except to keep listening to me because it is. And I believe, and Randall and I were talking about this earlier this week, I believe that the American church is going to go underground. We're, we're, it's, going to, it's going to happen. You're going to have the sheep and the goats. They're going to separate. And like last night on my show, Elmo um, Pinard, him and I were talking about his book, The Politicized Church. And he actually said something I thought, yeah, I never thought of it that way. He was talking about how the sheep and the goats, the goats are the ones, you guys, who are in the church. They're church goers. They're, they're the ones calling on Jesus, but they're the ones that's, when Jesus says, you know, you know when these people die, he's going to say, hey, I never knew you. Who are you? I don't know who you are. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that person. You know, I don't want to be a church goer. I want to be a disciple. And that means that you daily build a relationship with the Lord. You know, if he's your best friend, why ignore him? If you're a believer and you're not spending time with Christ, then my, then I seriously question your faith and, and like, what do you believe? You know, I mean, that'd be like me saying, um, you know what? I'm in love with Randall. He's, you know, my best friend in the whole entire world and I love him forever and for always, but I don't want to spend any time with him. <laughs> you kidding me? That's ridiculous. I, there's no person on this planet that I want to spend my time with more than my husband. You know, I, I, you know, I, as a woman, I don't want him to die before me. You know, likelihood is he probably will. I hope not. But, you know, when he does, if he does, I will be really happy for him. (laughs) Because Randall is a man of prayer. You know, Randall loves the Lord. He knows the Lord. And I, and there's, God knew that I needed him to be my husband because he knew that I needed somebody even more sold out than me who serves the Lord and who loves the Lord. So heed K. Arthur's words. You know, I've had the blessing of going to Israel with her. She actually signed my Bible. Um, and, um, you know, I've met her a number of times at conferences and talked to her a little bit. And I can just tell you, she's one of the most humble servant leaders in the truest sense of the word. She doesn't tout it. She doesn't live above her means. You know, her ministry, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but something like 250,000 Bible studies have been established under her ministry. Something like that. A phenomenal amount of people have been trained by her ministry how to study the Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. I can encourage this because I, you know, there is no competition in God's kingdom. We all have gifts. If you go to YouTube and you look up Kay Arthur, she has a show called Precepts for Life. This is a show. It's a 30-minute show. She's been doing it for decades. I believe over 50 years. I I was introduced to her teaching way back when I was in my, my 20s. 
and I'm in my 50s now, and she used to be in her 50s when she was, when I was teaching, when I was listening to her before, but Precepts for Life, it's a half-hour YouTube show. She goes through books of the Bible, you know, that's what she does. She literally studies the Bible. Um, go and watch it every day. You don't know what to study? Pull up Kay Arthur on the internet and, and listen to her teach, and she'll teach you how to study. Uh, so anyway, so that's it. She didn't ask me to do this, but um, I did anyway. Okay, so I know that there's a lot more news, and but anyway, that I just had to share that. So why don't we go to um, the story Randall pulled up so I can do this. Okay, so earlier we were talking about how the Supreme Court rejected California's church's request to lift limits on in-person services ahead of Pentecost Sunday. Um, I'm going to tell you what judge sided with the liberals, and that would be none other than Chief Justice John Roberts. Yeah, can you guys believe that, you guys? Listen to this article from uh, um, um, Charlie Spearing, who wrote this just yesterday. It says here, the Supreme Court on Friday night ruled in favor of coronavirus restrictions on religious services in California in a 5-4 to four decision. Chief Justice John Roberts sided with the four liberal justices to side with California's legal argument that they had the right to shut down or limit religious services. The decision came as thousands of protesters around the country gathered to protest the death of George Floyd after a police officer in Minneapolis subdued him by kneeling on his neck for several minutes. And just as a side note on that story, I know what's been going on with that story. Obviously, anybody in their right mind would be outraged by this. I completely am, but I choose not to cover these stories because that's not my focus on this show. But it is an outrage, and the, and the stuff that's going on in Minneapolis is an outrage, and there's so much stuff to be outraged about, but I'm trying to get us focused on God and what's going on with the church. So let's look at this. Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito Jr., Neil Gorsuch, and Brent Kavanaugh voted against. In his dissent, Kavanaugh argued that a comparable secular businesses such as supermarkets, stores, hair salons, and marijuana dispensaries were not subject to the same restrictions as churches. The church and its congregants simply want to be treated equally to comparable secular businesses, Kavanaugh wrote. California already trusts its residents in any number of businesses to adhere to proper social distancing and hygiene practices. The case was brought to the Supreme Court by the South Bay United Pentecostal Church in Chula Vista, California. California Governor Gavin Newsom has ordered that in-church gatherings can only reach 25% of capacity and under 100 people. President Trump last week demanded that all religious services be considered essential services during the coronavirus pandemic, just as liquor stores and grocery stores are. Roberts' decision to side with the liberals marks a stark contrast with judicial precedences to side with religious liberty enshrined, enshrined rather, in the Constitution. So, you know what's going to happen tomorrow, even though that, that happened? Pastor Jack Hibbs of Chino Valley, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, rather, uh, and many others are going to open their churches anyway. And to that I say amen. Because, you know, we have a right as people of faith to our religious freedom under the First Amendment. 
and actually in our Bill of Rights, we have the right to assemble. We don't have the right to assemble at Walmart or Costco. There's a huge difference here. Randall, you want to comment on that? Well, yeah. You know, I remember when for the confirmation of Chief Justice Roberts and and, you know, conservatives were all, you Hi, know. Hi, Angela. We, Just, I saw Angela's comment down there on, on YouTube. We need to get a real conservative in the court. You know, that'll, you know, the things, you know, things are, things are tough here. You know, there's, there's a, not really a balance. Things are on the limb. You know, it's kind of a swing court and we need to just weigh a little more in the way of conservatives and, and Chief Justice Roberts, you know, or, you know. Having him be chief justice and getting Robertson, that's going to be a great thing for conservatives. But a quick recent history lesson, we would not have the Affordable Care Act have it not been for Chief Justice Roberts because it was unconstitutional and came to the Supreme Court after after Nancy Pelosi and the likes passed it to find out what was in it. Uh it it was challenged. I know it was yeah, challenged it was. Supreme Court because it was it's not on it's it's unconstitutional to require people to buy any kind of insurance or anything like that. Uh, you know, for the government to say you have to buy this product, there's that's totally unconstitutional for many reasons, and we won't get into it. But just to shorten this history lesson, uh, Roberts from the bench says. Basically, well, if this was a tax, wink, wink, then it would have constitutional merit. And those arguing for the ACA totally changed their arguments. Well, this is a tax and it's proportioned, you know, amongst the citizenry. Well, in that case, constitutional, you know, the law upholds. And it was, it was failing badly. The arguments were failing badly in the Supreme Court. And they got help from the bench on how to argue their case so that it would be upheld. Yeah. And so he sided with the liberals again in that case. And anyway, so bottom line is, is not to bag on Justice Roberts, but not to put, again, not to put our faith in man or in princes or horses or anything like that. You know, people, oh, you know... John Roberts, he's going to save the day for all things conservative. Uh, no. Uh, you know, as much as I adore Clarence Thomas, I mean, he's not going to save the day. I mean, there's only one to look to that's, that's for salvation, um, and that is the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus. And so, Amen. Yeah, we not, don't, I don't put my hope in any government nor government official in any way shape or form so let me read this article um part of it anyway um natasha that will answer your question so the supreme court rejects california's church request to lift limits on in-person services ahead of pentecost sunday okay i'm just going to jump down to um the i don't know fourth or fifth paragraph it says here the petition filed on behalf of the church by legal firms Thomas More Society and LaMondre and Jonah, I don't know if I said that right, but anyway, argued that the First Amendment's guarantee that all Americans enjoy the fundamental right to freely exercise their religion protects churchgoers against being signaled out to suffer based, uh, suffer biased 
discriminatory restrictions not enforced against any other gatherings. Exactly. Hopefully next week my glasses will show up so I can like see. Anyway, however, Roberts wrote, the precise question of when restrictions on particular social activities should be lifted during the pandemic is a dynamic and fact-intensive matter subject to reasonable disagreement. Our Constitution principally entrusts the safety and the health of the people to the politically accountable officials of the states to guard and protect. Cite Chief Justice Robert, cite the article, cite the paragraph in the Constitution. Okay. The Chief Justice added that the state's executive order, quote, aims to limit the spread of COVID-19, a novel, severe, acute respiratory illness that has killed thousands of people in California and more than 100,000 nationwide. At this time, there's no known, known cure, no effective treatment, and no vaccine, unquote. Roberts added the asymptomatic carriers, quote, may unwittingly infect, infect others. By the way, that's what this trace thing is all about, by the way. You think, you think this, this is the beginning. This is my point. This is the beginning of your religious freedom being taken away. And my friend Tommy Norman, Pastor Tommy Norman, who's on Periscope here, one of the things her and I were talking about a couple weeks back was, okay, you know what? You can't go to church now. Pastor Jack Hibbs said this on a video, and I got to figure out which one it is because I was listening to it when I was half asleep, but I listened to enough of it to hear what he said. He was talking to another pastor, and what he said was that in the beginning, Donald Trump came and he said, churches, can you shut your churches for a couple of weeks? Sure. Okay. Yeah, we can do this. Can you do another couple of weeks till we flatten the curve? Sure. Yeah, we can do a couple other weeks. Anyway, long story short, Gavin Newsom never gave another extended date. He flat out came and said, you know what? I think we'll let your church open in three to six months. Which is when these news people and Fauci, the false prophet of nothing, decided that, you know, oh, all of a sudden the, there's going to be another bout of this flu, right? This virus. Well, Jack Hibbs and his other people, you know, all the other pastors uh, who are fast fasting and praying about what they should do, um, basically said, okay. You know what? This guy has not answered our request. Gavin Newsom has not answered our request, has not acknowledged us, hasn't given us another date. So therefore, scripturally speaking, Romans 13, we did that. Now it's time to do what they did in Acts. We must obey God rather than man. So tomorrow on Pentecost Sunday, Jack Hibbs and I believe 1,200 other churches all throughout California and the nation are going to be held holding church services in essentially, quote, defiance of what this wicked governor and others are doing. And they are wicked. Don't be mistaken here. Okay, anyways, let's go ahead. Uh, but, go ahead. Well, just, yeah, it was, was in a previous article, and it's basically stated here again. Okay, fine. You know, it's a safety. It's for the safety and health of the people. Okay, but let's be across the board on it. Don't open supermarkets and and uh, home improvement stores and things like that. It's like, well, people can be trusted in supermarkets to practice hygiene and social distancing and all that, but these religious people, they can't be trusted. We we can't we can't open churches because they're, you know, stupid, cheaple and <laughs> and easily led astray and basically that's what it's 
coming out as is is well churches can't be trusted to to exercise common sense and be safe but but we know it's not that yeah well if you're new to the show just so you know randall and i are from california we lived in california i lived there since i was seven years old till i was 30 something 30 no wait no i don't know how old am i we've lived here let's see i'm 51 minus 7 4 7 47 8 9 10 11 40 <laughs> Anyway, I lived in California about 40, close to 40 years, okay? So I get California. Uh, I'm very, very well aware of the evildoers in California. But here's the thing. The church is salt and light. And if the church decides not to do anything, especially in California, you guys ain't going to be having church, just so you know. Um, Because... Believe it or not, California is a very moderate to conservative state. It just doesn't seem like it because you got your liberal politicians in there and your Marxists who are actually doing what they're doing. Um, and it's the left. You got that in New York. You have it in California. You know, um, so that is a um, thing. And as Jack's, Jack said in this video, which I should find, I got to find it. But as he said in this video, he said, we have the right to worship. And I remember years ago, Janet Parshall was talking, her and her husband, you know, Craig, her husband, uh, Craig Parshall, who's a, a, an attorney, they were talking about when it comes to our rights, our religious rights, what the left wants to do is put us behind four walls in our house. And they want to tell us that we can't talk about religion. We can't talk about politics. We can't say anything that's contrary to what the media is telling you in the news. And you think about it just for a minute. Okay? Think about it. All of a sudden, two or three months ago, like three months ago, right? When this all started? Social distancing. What? I mean... All of a sudden, you got to wear a mask. Are you kidding me? That is the worst thing a healthy person can do for their health. Right? And Fauci is out there talking out of both sides of his mouth. Oh, don't wear a mask because, you know, only sick people need to wear a mask. Well, I have medical professionals in my audience who will confirm that. Uh, I happen to have a relative that has a wing named after her in Israel in a medical facility. So, I mean, there, there's, there's, uh, you know, anyway. <clears throat> so, I'm just going to say here. But anyway. <sighs> yeah. Okay, I'm trying not to get too mad here. <laughs> okay. So, we need to wake up. That's the bottom line. And I'm not going to read the rest of this article because we're running out of time. And I do want to get to... Um, just, I think I want to do the contract, the contact tracing thing, cause it kind of falls into this. So we talked about this last, last week. If you didn't listen to the show about the trace act, the, the HR six, 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 six house resolution, six, 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 not making this up. It's actually there. It hasn't passed yet. Thank God. Hopefully it won't. But this article is titled contact tracing your governor's red or blue. Are coming after you. Red state governors threaten their own citizens with arrest if they don't comply with contact tracing investigators up to six months in jail in Texas. 
It was late morning on Tuesday, May 26, when James Daggett heard a knock on the door of his apartment home in Cedar Park, Texas, about 20 miles north of Austin. When he answered it, two uh, uniformed, uniformed. I was going to say that it says uninformed. <laughs> My brain. Uniformed officers wearing badges and face masks stood and stared. One officer appeared to be a sheriff's deputy and had a gun holstered on his side. The other wore a white uniform. They said they had an important document to deliver that re- to deliver that required his immediate attention. The man in the white uniform handed him an envelope containing a letter from the Williamson County Health Department demanding that he read it closely and follow its orders. What followed was a barrage of questions about his health, how many others he had living in his home, where he may have traveled recently. As Daggett, 35, tore open the envelope and started to read the letter, the two men vanished from his doorstep as quickly as they had arrived. These were just two of the foot soldiers in an army of 4,000 contact tracers hired by Republican Governor Greg Abbott, according to the Houston Chronicle, who signed a $295 million contract with Albany, New York-based MTX Group, Inc., which partners with Google and Salesforce to data mine the public and store their data forever in the Google Cloud. Follow the money, people. Don't forget that Google's motto is they want to have the mind of God. The job of the contract tracer investigators is to, is to build a web at the center of which these people like James Daggett, who just happened to test positive for COVID-19, they reconstruct the spokes that come off the central hub, James's family members, friends, the guy he may have sat next to on an airplane or at the local diner last night or in the adjoining cubicle at work. All it takes is to spend 10 or 15 minutes sitting or standing within six feet of another human being who's infected. These are all potentially infected persons who must be tracked down and sent into quarantine, then interviewed to get a list of their contacts. In the end, one one case such as that of James Daggett can ensnare hundreds of healthy, innocent Americans and send them into lockdown simply because they happen to breathe the same air that James breathed or stood next to someone who did. Contact tracers are trained to make sure that all of these people, healthy or not, get thrown into complete isolation away from their children, spouses, and other family members while they get monitored for at least 14 days. By the way, this also includes your pets, by the way. This happens to you. Like, if this happened to me, I couldn't be around my dog for two weeks. Their release date is at the discretion of the public health authorities. The potential for abuse is great and could lead to continued rolling lockdowns throughout the country for months or even years. It is that very potential that has government watchdogs on alert. Rightly so. As of this writing, every state has plans to exponentially expand their contact tracing workforces. I'm just, and that's it. I'm not going to read the rest because it's a little bit long. Point being, first they say, hey, you can't go to church. All right? Then they change the rules about you going to church. Okay? Then, as they're doing in my church, they're calling you up and saying, Hey, what church service are you going to? Okay, I'm going to put you down. Now, I know that my pastor doesn't like this because, you know, because me and him are on the same page. But let me ask you something. Do you feel like that's a violation of your privacy that you have to like check into church now? You know, hey, here I am. 
what's the purpose of that? Well, I know the purpose is to adhere to the government guidelines. Stop the spread. To stop the spread of this invisible disease that we none of us can see and that most of us will recover from if we even get it. Come on. This is wicked, people. And it is very dangerous. And if you don't, again, if you don't think that your religious freedom is being infringed upon, wait. I think, this is what I think. I think, based on a couple of things I've read, that knowing how legislation works, this could take a decade to roll out. That's the good news. It could take a long time. On the other hand... Knowing what our government does and how insane it can be, especially in the House of Representatives. Let's go ahead, sign the bill. We're not going to read it. And it could be gone just like that. That's why pastors like Jack Hibbs are very important. Because just like Wilbur Wilberforce stood up when they were doing what they were doing with slavery, there's got to be people to stand up. And the church is targeted because we are the morality keepers in the country. We're the ones that are not going to comply because we live for a higher authority. Hopefully, <laughs> if you're reading the Bible, then you know that, you know, this is ridiculous. America was founded on... Biblical principles. The Puritans came over. They fled England. Why? Because they wanted religious freedom. That's why. So, you take God out of the culture. This is what you get. And you know, the sad part is, I have friends. My nose itches. I have former guests on this show, like Virginia Prodan, who wrote a book called um, Saving My Assassin. She lived in Romania under a communist government. And by the way, Romania is, um, a, was a communist nation. I don't know that it still is. I, I haven't read lately about it. but It's not it? technically. But. Okay. So Richard Wormbrand, who founded The Voice of the Martyrs, which I wrote eight years for that, for their blog. He started a ministry because of what he, him and his wife, Sabina, went through when they were being persecuted in Romania. Virginia... In, in decades past, was being persecuted under the government in Romania. She was under house arrest. She was also beaten for her faith. They sent an assassin to kill her. And I actually had the opportunity to meet her and to interview her a couple years ago. She lives in Texas now, okay? But she tells the story about what happened to her. This assassin comes to her house in Romania and says... I'm here, basically, I'm here to kill you. And God says to her, you know what? Tell him the gospel. What would you do? <laughs> a gun, you know, somebody's here to kill you. Would you just share the gospel? Or would you like go, oh no, I don't want to because I'm about ready to get shot and killed. Well, she listened to the Lord and shared the gospel with this guy. This guy got scared and he left. <laughs> Time passed, and I'm ruining the book, so you, know, you can go buy the book. But anyway, time passed. Long story short, that guy, uh, I believe it was, he saw some angels, which scared the crap out of him, basically. 
And he ended up becoming a Christian and not just any Christian, but actually a pastor. Yeah, our God's good, right? So she came to America. And one of the things that she does is she shouts from her platform that God has given her that we need to speak back to our government when they're trying to oppress us of our religious freedom and stuff like that. We have the right to free speech. What happens, though, and, and me and Elmo were talking about this a little bit last night, the church has deceptively stepped back and said, you know what, I am no longer going to use biblical language when it comes to things like sodomy. Homosexuality is an abomination, okay? Complete. The Bible calls homosexuals sodomites. But you don't walk around today calling a homosexual a sodomite, do you? Why? Well, because that means you're intolerant, hateful, homophobic bigot. Right? You hate everybody when you do that. Pro-life movement. Oh, you know what? Let's just capitulate to the pro-choice movement and not call, you know, the baby that Psalm 139 says was fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in my mother's womb. Let's not call that actually a baby. Let's just, let's not even talk about that. Let's remove the scripture from the conversation. Let's just do a biological apologetic and look at it from just the perspective of biology. Okay, we can do that. We can actually do that with homosexuality as too, as well, right? Um, boy part does not go into another boy part section. Just saying, it doesn't work that way, right? But here's the thing. When the church stepped out and stopped using God's word, we lost the argument and it's gone downhill ever since. By the way, if you're new to the show, <clears throat> I should also let you know in case you don't know, because if you're new, you don't. My background, that MS under my name or by my name, I have a master's of science in clinical psychology as a marriage and family therapist. I chose not to get licensed in California after taking 18 years of my life, earning my degrees, and getting all my hours to get licensed in California. The reason why was because I knew if I got licensed in the state of California, they were going to tell me that I could not help somebody who struggled with same-sex attraction. I told Randall, I said, I can't do it. I am not going to compromise what I know to be true. That if somebody has same-sex attraction or they're struggling with their gender identity, I'm not going to tell them they can't get help because 99.9% .9 of the reason people deal with this is because they've been sexually assaulted or they have some type of attachment disruption issue with same-sex parent or a, or a dominant opposite-sex parent. That's been documented. Problem is, is that the research with the American Psychological Association, all these places, they've been bought and paid for by the liberals and conservative stuff never gets published. I mean, I was, I just found out on, on the way here, I actually, <clears throat> my friend Stephen Black, who wrote a book called Freedom Realized, um, he had a Facebook page and his book is about his journey of leaving homosexuality. The man's been married over 30 years. He has children. He's boldly outspoken about what the Lord has done in his life. And Facebook told him, guess what? You've been banned and now you can no longer have a page promoting your book, about, which is sharing the truth about his story. But you can have Facebook pages promoting 
things that are unspeakable and, and godly people shouldn't speak about in public. Just saying. If you don't think your religious freedom is under attack, it is. In fact, let's look at this Disney Pixar thing. Randall and I, close to 20 years ago now, it's been close to 20 years, Randall, that we went to that GLSEN conference. GLSEN is the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Randall and I were invited to go and be a spy at this conference so that we could go and see what GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, was, was sharing uh, with the children, and they were, who were going to this conference as well as the public teachers. Here's, here's what we found out. We found out a couple things. Number one, um, the children were being highly sexualized at these conferences, and they were introducing homosexuality into every form of curriculum, whether it was a music class, a gym class, a math class. Homosexuality was being introduced. Number two, every single Christian organization that stood for biblical principles was named and maligned at this conference number three when the tv show south park was put forth in front of people what they told us as well as mtv was look we're going to introduce this this went through uh what do you call um what's the word i'm looking for um i know for market research group what do they call that a um focus group mm. Yeah, so it went through focus groups. All the focus groups said no to South Park. No, no, no. We hate this. We hate this. No, no, no. Well, Brian Graydon, who was the head of MTV, I believe, at the time, he actually said, and a homosexual, he actually said, well, I guess they really don't know what they need right now. So Sometimes you have to show people where they need to go. Right. And so at the time, almost 20 years ago, there was this big, huge outrage. In fact, there used to be people like uh, Jerry Falwell, which people absolutely hate. He was the guy that helped find, found the, the moral majority. Him and Dr. Dobson and others were out there on the front lines trying to expose what was going on in the pro-life movement and the gay lobby and all this stuff. And they, they were touted in the media, these hate mongers and stuff. But in the church, they were trying to wake up the church to get them to realize pastors need to preach against these issues. Not because they're political issues, but they're because biblical. they're biblical issues, right? So... I believe it was Brian, or maybe it was Kevin Jennings. I can't remember who, which one it was. But one of them said that MTV's whole purpose was to be a platform to lobby for homosexuality. Yeah, ever since, uh, yeah, it was, it was Graydon. Ever since he took over, he saw it as his personal megaphone. Okay, because, yeah. Because he, he was bullied as a... As a gay teenager, and this is his chance to yeah. And by the way, worldwide megaphone. He he was actually under, he was actually raised in a Christian home too. Mm-hmm. Kevin Jennings was, and Kevin Jennings also didn't he end up in the Obama administration? Yes, is one of these. These safe schools are. Yeah, it? safe schools are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so all that to say, um, and if you're new to my channel, on our Bible News Radio YouTube page, you can go. And you can go search in the search bar, type in the marketing of homosexuality to America, okay? I did an eight or nine hour series on a book called After the Ball. 
I took quotes from that book. I explained how the marketing of homosexuality went to America using a book that was written by two gay activists. Okay. So I use their words, not mine. Anyway, all I say, this has been brick by brick, brick by brick. This has been laid out forever. Well, now Disney, you know, which used to be family friendly, is introducing its first gay lead character in the children's film called Out. So listen to this. Pixar revealed its first gay main character on Friday from its new short film, Out. The Disney Computer Animation Studio premiered Out on Disney Plus over the weekend through its Spark Shorts series. The new film follows the story of a man named Greg who struggles with coming out to his parents as gay before moving in with his boyfriend, Manuel. He switches bodies with his magical pet and gets to hear what his family really thinks about his love interest. Holding Jim's, his dog's collar, Greg casually wishes aloud that he were a dog and the minds of Greg and Jim magically switch bodies. Greg runs outside to play in the yard where his stoic father is lighting the grill. Jim tries to get to him while also frantically typing to prevent his eagerly helpful mother from finding the photo of him and Manuel. The film's synopsis reads, Jim suddenly realizes that his mom not, all, not, all, not only already knows that he is gay, but she also accepts it. Disney Plus announced the film on Twitter, calling it heartwarming. heartwarming. The tweet also features a clip of Greg in his bedroom practicing how to tell his parents that he's gay. His dog, Jim, is also seen rushing around the house hiding ev evidence of Greg's same-sex relationship. Why? Out is the first Pixar and animated Disney release to have a gay main character. The film, geared towards children, was directed by Stephen Clay Hunter from WALL-E and Toy Story 2. Max Sakar, the film's producer, is known for his work on Coco and Incredibles 2. Pixar's also showcased an openly gay supporting character this year in the, in the hit film Onward. Many animated films have featured LGBTQ characters in recent years. Disney's live-action movie Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, featured a kiss between two soldiers of the same sex in Beauty and the Beast. Presented... LeFou, 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 anyway, whoever that is, as a gay man. Okay, just so you know. Which is why Randall and I, we don't watch Netflix, we don't watch Hulu, we don't watch even Amazon Prime, even though we're Prime members. Um, we don't watch TV, we don't watch this crap, you guys, because that's exactly what it is, and it's complete indoctrination. And the fact that in the book, After the Ball, they talk about flooding people with it, which is basically the, the idea that you can, you can stand in a shower, turn on the water, and just, you, you're just getting wet. And eventually, it doesn't bug you anymore that you're getting all wet. That's what happens, people. But you know what? The good news is there is a remnant and God always has a remnant. And you know who some of those people are in the remnant, I believe? I believe it's people like Tim Tebow. I also think it's people like Mike Pence, our vice president. Not so sure about Donald Trump, just so you know. But Mike Pence has a good record. Uh, he's, he's definitely um, anti-gay, if you want to use that language. Um, but you know, the reason I say this, these guys were at Robbie Zacharias's memorial service yesterday. Let's go ahead and end on this, this, um, article. Don't want to talk about Psalm 83 or catch that tomorrow or. Yeah. I'm not sure who that guy is. So okay. just, yeah, yeah, unless you want to.
But but I will say here, I will say, C.S. Um, this article is titled C.S. Lewis of Our Day. Tebow, Pence, family pay respects to Robbie Zacharias at memorial service. I still haven't watched it because I haven't had the time yet. But it says here, Vice President Mike Pence, former NFL quarterback Tim Tebow, Pastor Louis Giglio, and others paid their respects to notable Christian apologist Robbie Zacharias at a memorial service Friday. He was the C.S. Lewis of our day, crisscrossed the globe to every Mars Hill he could find to answer skeptics. Mars Hill, by the way, is mentioned in the book of Acts. Um, that's where Paul and these other guys debated religious beliefs, in case you didn't know that. Um, he he would he crisscrossed the globe to every Mars Hill he could find to answer skeptics, move obstacles of unbelief, armed with intellect, girded with truth and love, Pence said at the service, which was held at Passion City Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Pence called Zacharias a friend and a man for all seasons, a term first used to describe 16th century Christian intellectual and writer Sir Thomas More. God put him at my side at just the right time. The word of wisdom and kindness and encouragement that I'll never forget, he said, noting that his death is a personal loss. In the late Reverend Billy Graham, it, it's been observed that God gave us the greatest evangelist of the 20th, 20th century. And Ravi Zacharias, God gave us the greatest Christian apologist of this century. I totally agree. Zacharias passed away on May 19th following a battle with a rare form of bone cancer called sarcoma. He was 74. At the memorial, Tebow called Zacharias a hero, discussing the ways in which the apologist had inspired him as a young man to proclaim the gospel. I don't say that lightly. Besides talking about my dad, I don't know that I've really said that about anybody. That Rabbi Ra Ravi was a hero to me. Tebow talked about Zacharias' sense of humor, noting that when he once told the apologist about listening to his speeches during an entire 15-hour flight, uh, the apologist replied, Brother Timmy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just always Ravi. When you try to honor him with something special, his sense of humor and his humility always goes to the forefront. Tebow listened to Zacharias' talks, often saying, as a young person, I was so eager to want to tell the world about Jesus, but I didn't want to do it in, a, in, a, in every cookie-cutter way. I wanted to do it different. I got to listen to this guy that said, you know what? You don't have to be like everybody else. I would listen to Robbie so I could be prepared to give a reason for why I believe in Jesus. Family members and friends also spoke at the service, giving emotional testimony about how he was as a person and how he treated them with compassion and kindness. Naomi Zacharias, one of his daughters, talked about what it was like as her father was nearing death, including his continual prayer habits and complimenting family members present with him. My father was ready to meet his Lord, but he fought as he did. She remarked, holding back tears, only because he didn't want to leave us. Passion City Church Pastor Louis Giglio said that the memorial service was a celebration of life, not of death, adding that we are here to celebrate that death is dead and that Robbie is alive. He called Zacharias a gentle giant and a rare treasure, treasure saying that if intellect and prose had a son, his name would be Robbie Zacharias. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <coughs> I love this. He never sought to win an argument. He always sought to win a person. Amen. So. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. 
there's more to the article, but obviously I'm choked up, so I'm not going to read it. But, you know, he was, he was one of my biggest influences. And if you didn't catch the beginning of the show, I mentioned <clears throat> that two of my favorite books of his um, are The Grand Weaver, where he talks about the sovereignty of God in your life uh, and how God just puts the, you know, pieces together. He weaves the pieces together. And then his other book, um, Has Christianity Failed You?, uh, which is really written to um, make you think, but also to comfort you if you've been hurt in the church. Uh, then he has a whole other series of um, other books. They're small books. They're like, um, I'm trying to remember some of the names, but they're, but they're really little. I mean, they're really super books. It's like, you know, did Buddha talk to Jesus or something like that? I don't know. Give me a second. I can tell you because it's going to drive me nuts if I can't remember, which is, you know, part of that. Um, and you you loved him because he was a um, thing. Also, also, his book, Seeing Jesus from um, from East to West, um, was another book of his. His latest, one of his last books was The Logic of God, um, Can a Man Live Without God, The Grand Weaver, that's my favorite. Jesus Among Other Gods was one of his big popular, I mean, they're all popular books. Um, <clears throat> he wrote a new book called Seeing Jesus from the East, which I haven't seen that one yet. Um, but what was the other series? I'm trying to look here through the, through here. Because they're smaller books. Anyway, anything you get from him, just saying. He's not fluff like Joel Osteen. He's he's a, <laughs> he's a, you know, this guy is a... Incomparable. Yeah. So, Why Jesus Rediscovering His Truth in an Age of Mass-Marketed Spirituality is a book. The End of Reason, A Response to the New Atheists. Uh, I, Isaac, Take Thee, Rebecca, Moving from Romance to Lasting Love. Recapture the wonder experiences God's amazing promise of childlike joy. Um, the Lotus and the Cross, Jesus Talks with Buddha. Okay, so this is what it was. His Great Conversation series. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus Among Other Gods. Um, Has Christianity Failed You? I already said that one. But yeah, there's he's written a lot of books. Like... Um, Robbie Zacharias, Sense and Sensuality. Jesus Talks to Oscar Wilde on the Pursuit of Pleasure. Uh, the Lamb and the Fuhrer, Jesus Talks with Hitler. That's book three. Anyway, just go to Amazon. You can look it up. Um, but even more so, as I said earlier in the show, if you want to, you know, really begin to understand how to defend your faith from a biblical worldview and how to know the scripture... Listen to K. Arthur Precepts Bible Studies online. Go to YouTube and look up K. Arthur Precepts for Life. You can, you can watch those every day. And then after you're done listening to, to K. to get more meat for your brain, tune into Robbie Zacharias' show. Now, obviously, they're all going to be replaced because he's gone. But his books are there. And, I mean, the man just... Randall, go ahead. You can. Well, I, I love that quote. He never sought to win an argument. He always sought to win a person. person. Yeah. Yeah. Just search Robbie Zacharias on YouTube, and you'll see that. Especially yeah. when he spoke at colleges, students would come up with this, these questions like, "Oh, okay, you know, 
standard stuff, but they feel like, oh, they've got the one to stump the Christian. <laughs> Whatever yeah. question it is, you know, if God is loving then, or, you know, Whatever it is, uh, all the kind of standard questions, but he was always one to look beyond the question and what was their struggle. I mean, he dealt with it, and he says, the question you're asking that, and I'm <clears throat> hearing a deeper question, basically, I'm hearing a deeper need. Yeah. And um, and then he would address that yeah, and you know the problem is okay. So not 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 skirting the original question, not not trying. He wasn't avoiding it. Oh, because I don't have an answer. He'd answer the question, but but you know, say things like you know, basically, I perceive that question. No, oh, here's the answer, but I perceive that's not really your question. I'm hearing a deeper question underneath. I will say too. One of the things I noticed as I was catching the end of his memorial service because I. I was playing pickleball yesterday and I came home and it was after it was like ending. One of the things that I saw was some, some people from the homosexual activist community were in the chat bashing Robbie Zacharias as being a homophobe. Okay. And they actually donated money. That was the irony. They, they donated some money, like five bucks so that their comment could be seen by everybody. And they bashed him. And you know, it was, you know, it happened. People, other Christians started to teach and to love on those guys that did that because he held a biblical apologetic. He understood what God's word said and he delivered it in such grace. And, you know, this was a man also who had severe back pain for decades and he would travel on planes and just be in intense pain and yet he would go and go. He was, um, I believe that they... Um, at some uh, colleges he went to, there was rallies against him because they, you know, people knew he was biblical, um, or anti-gay, um, and all that. But you know what? I can honestly say he, to me, he was the best Christian apologist of our day. And I think that, um, his, his memorial service was, um, his life was honored. And that's how I think all saints should want to go out they should not want to go out as some of these pastors that blow their brains out because they can't deal with whatever's going on in their life. And, the, and those pastors leave behind a legacy of anger and sadness and then a legacy where their children are more likely to kill themselves and it's a bad testimony of black eye to Christ. Okay? I'll just say it that way. Jared Wilson did it. This other guy recently did it. And I know that there's others have, that have done it. But Robbie Zacharias, he was a man with a chest. The C.S. Lewis would say, people who are not men, men without chests are those people who won't stand up for what's right. And he did. And that's what the church has to say. Hey, Stephen, I actually talked about you earlier. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> I talked about your Facebook page being taken down. But anyway, all that to say that, again, my encouragement is to get into the Word, get some good, solid Bible teaching into you. If you if you struggle, reach out to me. I'm actually leading a couple online Bible studies. All you got to do is call, contact me through my website or my email and ask me, you know, if you can be a part of one of them. And if I can get you into one, I will. 
Um, also, if you want to donate to Bible News Radio, uh, that would be cool. <laughs> I'd love that. If you like what we stand for and what we're doing, go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Uh, and, you know, we will thank you for that. Just because we know that, you know, anybody giving any money and any time to us is a gift. We don't have a sponsor for the show at this point. Um, so we took a big hit this year with that. And with the COVID-19 thing, everybody's freaking out. But we, we are in the process, thank God, of finding, we found, we finally found somebody who um, is working on filing some papers for a nonprofit status. So once that gets filed, maybe the Lord will open up some other doors. Um, but in the meantime, I would, you know, ask that give as the Lord leads you. Um, I also offer legal shield and identity theft protection services. If that's something that you, um, need, which if you don't have your will done, it is, uh, if you haven't protected your privacy and your internet, uh, all your stuff on the internet, then ID shield is something you definitely need to get it's the best, uh, identity theft protection out there. And, um, just hit me up and I can do a phone call with you or zoom and I can tell you more about that. Um, and all of that. So, Randall, you got anything else you want to say? If I say something, then apparently do. Even if I said no, that would be something that I wanted to say. So, and this is why I love him because he's so cute. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. So, did you want to say anything else? I've talked a lot. No, I'm, we're good. All right. no, there's none good, not one. All we all like sheep have gone astray. I swear we look so yeah. different. We look like different races. Mm. You look like a black man to me. Uh, I mean, look how white I am compared to you. You, you're melanin challenged. <laughs> yeah, and I even have a ton of blush on to give me some color. Like before the show, I told Randall, I was like, "Wait, hold on!" And I got my blush. This is how dark my blush is. <laughs> I'm just a white woman. What can I say? Yeah, when I tan, if I get tan, I used to do that as a stupid kid, but he's not good. tan. This is actually uh, his, that's his, that's actually his his uh his natural color. I didn't realize uh, how dark you were though. And like you know, human beings, you know, there's virtually no melanin in the palms. So my I'm not are, albino though. My palms are much paler than my. But, you know, my back of my hands match my... Actually, you know toe. where age is seen the most is on your hands. <clears throat> you really want to see somebody's age, look at a woman's hands and see how many age spots they have and how wrinkled they are. Just saying. Oh, I've got all of the above. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. All over your body, too. But mm -hmm. you're still cute. Thanks. <laughs> all right, so tomorrow night, uh, Bible News Radio will be at 7 p.m. Central Time. Right? Mm, yeah. Because our new time is 7 p.m. Our voters, our, 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 our text message people voted for 7 o'clock. And are any of them here right now? Seriously, people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, look. This show is archived immediately after on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Mixer, and Periscope in video format and archived 
via iTunes and other 20 other platforms that are in audio format. So make sure if you if you like the show, leave us some comments, feedback. Um, share it with someone. Share it with somebody. And, um, yeah, I said Periscope. I thought I did. Yes, I'm like, we did. have 6,000 followers on Periscope. Yeah. But anyway, it's archived everywhere. You can listen to it over. Uh, you can share it with people. If, you, if you're not on my text message list, get on it. Text Bible News to 33222. Text Bible News, just Bible News together is one word, to 33222. Two, two. two threes, three twos. That's right. We love you too, Stephen. All right. So with that said now, people, it's over. Yeah, it is. So I always say be bold, people. Stand up. Go with God. And you know what? Pray for all the pastors out there who are standing up to the wicked government in California and other parts of the country because uh, they need it, and especially in Oklahoma where all the riots are uh, too because we got good friends over there too. There's riots in Oklahoma? No, actually I meant, Min I meant Minnesota. Oklahoma, Minnesota, uh, yeah, wherever. Three syllables. And, okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Four syllables. You know, two okay, of look, it's been a long day, okay? All right. So, with that said, uh, be bold, stand up, and go with God because He loves you. We'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs>